Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You know, Brian and I have told you guys how much we enjoy the photos you guys have been sharing with us. You guys have been enjoying Boomer Jacks just as much as we have, I know, especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they have great deals for you the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. That is the coldest beer in the Metroplex or anywhere else. But it's just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for happy hour with the coworkers, Boomer Jacks is the spot. Looking for a, a nice family dinner, Boomer Jacks the spot as well. If you're just looking for somewhere to go watch the game with your buddies, you're gonna, you already know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Boomer Jacks. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to BoomerJacks.com. That's BoomerJacks.com. We are back here on the Love of the Star Live Edition. Uh, we were recording this live on 105 Through the Fan on April 16th. Uh, if you're hearing this, this will be our two shows this week for Love of the Stars. We get you ready for the NFL Draft. Bobby Belt here alongside Brian Brada. Shout out to Ruben Portillo running the board and Carter Freeman at home running the video. And now we are joined by, what would you say, Brian, the, the greatest draft analyst in media history? I would say, and I, I, I've been working with this guy for 11, 12 years now. And when we were starting, how old was he back then? Sixteen. He 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 looks like he's sixteen today, but he <laughs> he was a young guy back then. He's still a young guy. But I've always said this about Dane Burglar: if I ever got back, and, and there's no shot of me ever getting back to you know getting back. But if I if I ran a team, this is one of the first guys I would hire. This guy has got a great eye for talent. He presents his reports very well. His argument. He's passionate about this. You know, but. Uh, he has made quite a, uh, a niche for himself in this drafting world. I'm super, super proud of him because he always had it, but, man, he's taken it to a whole nother level. So really uh, really glad to have Dane Brugler on almost today. Yes, we will welcome in now Dane Brugler from The Athletic. His draft guide is out, The Beast, the 2023 version. Dane, how you doing, man? I think I used up all my favors with that intro. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. Now, this, this is my pleasure to be able to join you guys. Uh, this will be a lot of fun. So we were just talking before we went to break. We're talking about Osiris Torrance versus Steve Avila, who, you know, we, we think there's a decent chance one of those guys could be in play for the Cowboys at 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torrance, at least for me, a more powerful player. Avila, I think, is a a better athlete, not an elite one, but I think he's a better athlete. And I think the disparity between Avila's athleticism and Torrance's athleticism is greater than the disparity between Torrance's advantage in the strength department over Avila. Uh, how do you see those, those two players and who do you think could be a better fit here in Dallas? 
Well, they're both similar size. They're power guys. You know, they're both over 330 pounds. And these are guys that want to get their hands on you and dictate the action. Uh, they they want to be, uh, you know, put you where they want. Um, you know, it, it's uh, something that, it's been fun to watch both these guys over the last year because, you know, with one, with Torrance going from Louisiana where he didn't have to transfer. He was already considered a top 50 guy at this time last year, but he goes to Florida and plays in the SEC, challenges himself and played at a high level, which you love to see. Uh, Avila, he's, you know, at TCU, uh, he was a center last year and he moves to left guard and holds it down. He was a key part of TCU and that run they went on to the national championship game. I think when you look at these two, you can make a case for either one. I think something that really stands out with uh, Avila is, is the versatility. He, he literally has – you could put on a tape of him starting at four different positions. Mm. That, that matters. That, that's something that is um, – you know, it, it's functional versatility where with Torrance – uh, you know, it was good to see him uh, play both guard spots at the senior bowl, just as, you know, kind of check that box, left guard, right guard. But he was primarily a right guard in college. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, is part of his evaluation. So both these guys are are powerful. And you know, I think somewhere in the early second is where I feel great taking one of them. But offensive linemen, you know, they don't last. So if they snuck into the first, uh, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. And I, I think both these guys are plug and play and ready to go from day one. Dana, we're one of the second things that Bobby and I are trying to figure out is, and and by the way, great explanation about the two guards. The uh, where where are you say with Darnell Wright from mm. Tennessee potentially? Would you would you say okay? Him being a tackle that potentially could play guard would be better than maybe the two guards you just talked about. Yeah, and you know, Wright is a guy that some teams have on the board as a guard, um, and it's not that he can't play tackle; it's more so uh, you know just trying to maximize what he can do. And I think he is a uh, someone that can step in from day one and play right tackle and play it at, at a pretty high level. But if you move him inside, you look at that thick body. This is another 330-plus pounder. Uh, that thickness that he has, the power that he plays with, um, you know, he, he wants to maul you. you know, that nasty demeanor that he plays with, you see it on almost every single rep that he has. Uh, so that he, he, has a, he has almost a guard body with that, that, that mass on his frame. Uh, and the way he likes to play, so I can understand why some team, uh, some teams would want to move him to guard. But you know, I, the way he played this year at tackle, man, he he was so good uh, uh-huh. week in week out. It doesn't mean you throw on the Alabama tape, you throw on uh, you know later in the season. Like he didn't wear down. He was still uh, you know the bright spot of that offense. And you know Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, and you know they, they get all the. Uh, attention, but man, Darnell Wright, he, he was a big part of that Tennessee offensive success they had this year. Dane, it, it seems like the fan base in Dallas wants nothing to do with B. John Robinson and really wants nothing to do with a tight end. Crazy. But, <laughs> but yeah, and you, and you, again, you've been in this market a long time, so you understand mm-hmm. the fan base. And, you know, I'm sure that when you make your mock drafts and, you know, you, you put all that out, you kind of get, you feel the Dallas Cowboy fan heat on that can you handicap how these tight ends look to you i know that people have the opportunity to to get the beast you know they get get on the athletic site there and they can get it with their subscription but how do you have these these tight ends handicapped 
potentially if one's there for the Cowboys at 26? It'll be interesting which tight ends are available. This is such a a tight end rich uh, draft class this year that it's, you could see one, two, uh, maybe even three come off the board before the Cowboys are able to pick. But at the same time, you could also understand why some teams uh, might opt to wait until the second, third, fourth rounds because of uh, just how deep the position is, which could be good news for the Cowboys and you know where they're picking and a tight end that could be there. For me, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is the top tight end this year. Um, he gives you the, the complete package, you know, he's 6'4 and a half, 250, not an overwhelming blocker, but he's a functional blocker. He'll get the job done, um, doesn't mind that part of the game. Uh, and he's also just one of the best contested catch uh, uh, tight ends that I- I've personally evaluated uh, the last five, six years uh, over the middle of the field, working the seam. Um, you know, he, it doesn't matter what's going on around him. He has the way he can box out. He's a basketball guy. You know, he grew up wanting to play Kentucky basketball. Uh, but, you, you know, he, he understands how to use his body, how to you know, attack the ball before the defender even has a chance to get the hand, his hands on it. Uh, Michael Mayer is that type of guy. And so more than just a safety valve, more than just a, you know, last resort type of uh, option, he can be someone that helps move the chains consistently and someone that the defense has to worry about. So if Michael Mayer is on the board uh, when the Cowboys are on the clock, I think there's a good chance he has a star in his helmet. Uh, but Dalton Kincaid from Utah, I think he's right there. Uh, but it just offers something a little bit different. He's not the blocker that Mayer is. But he also, you could make the argument uh, Dalton Kincaid's the best pass catcher in this draft, more so than any receiver, more so than any tight end. His ability to isolate the football, go up and get the ball, um, and then what he can do after the catch. It, it's really impressive to watch his body control uh, for a guy that's almost 6'4", 250 pounds, uh, coming off the back injury. So, it, you know, it's, it's something, you know, all the doctors and everything ought to be fine, or, you know, give, give the sign of approval. Uh, everything I've heard is that, you know, he'll be fine for training camp in the season, maybe just a little bit banged up right now. But uh, Dalton Kincaid, I think he, if he's still available, he'll also be on that short list the Cowboys will be looking at. Um, and, and then, you know, Luke Musgrave, I'm, I'm a fan of. And, and then the same thing with uh, Darnell Washington. But I think those first two guys, Mayer and Kincaid, those are the two tight ends that Cowboys fans need to keep an eye on. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Joined here with uh, by uh, with Dane Burglar from the Athletic, uh, one of the best draft guys you'll ever find doing this. Dane, and you've like I just said, you've done this for a long time. Have you ever had to deal with as many wide receivers that don't probably fit your eye with the mm-hmm. height and the weight and all? I mean, we, you know, we were talking five nine, the one eighty twos. How do you have that on your board when you when you're looking at the guys like Flowers and Downs and Mims and people like that. Yeah, it's funny because of my top seven receivers in this draft, four of them are under 180 pounds. Mm. Um, and, and Never happened before to you, right? I no, mean, no. Yeah, yeah. And, and that doesn't include Flowers, who's 182. So he's yeah. above that. So right. five are under 185. You know, it's just, uh, and I think it's a product of, 
part of it is the NFL evolving and offenses being a little more open-minded about the type of receiver uh, that they're willing to, to use in the today's game. And part of it is, you know what, this is what the college game is giving us. You know, the NFL can't create uh, true X receivers that are six three and a half, two twenty, and you know they, you can't create those guys. This is what the college game is giving us, and so they're going to make do with, with what they have. And I think there's a uh, you know a good chance we only see two, uh, maybe three receivers go in the first round. It's not like the past uh, few years where we've been just spoiled by the wide receiver talent. You know, I the, for me the top receiver this year is Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Mm. And he it would have been my seventh receiver last year, uh, mm. probably right after Jahan Dotson. So, you know, it's just it's a different type of wide receiver class. But, you know what, every team is looking for those dynamic weapons. And so I still think we're going to see these guys go early, even though I think most of these players in, in other drafts would be looked at as, as second-round players. And, and the guys that, you know, aren't small – you still have questions about Quentin Johnson from TCU, 6'3", 210, uh, didn't test particularly well, which we expected him to. Um, way too many drops on his, uh, on his tape. The routes are a work in progress. So, you know, even the, you know, Jalen Hyatt is uh, a burner, but, you know, he's not a well-rounded receiver. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent with these receivers, but a lot of question marks as well. So I think we just need to have – need to temper our expectations a little bit with this wide receiver class. And it'll be interesting to see how, how they come off the board, how early um, we'll, we'll see plenty of these guys come off the board on day two. Will it be the run of wide receivers or the run of corners in the second round? I mean, both really. I mean, if we think about it with receivers, uh, you know, we'll see how many actually end up going in the first. Um, but then in the second, you know, we'll have, yeah, good chance Jalen Hyatt's still there. Maybe Zay Flowers, maybe Quentin Johnston. Josh Downs will be somewhere in that second round. He's a prototypical slot receiver. Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, he's the closest thing to a true X that we yep. have in this draft. Yep, that's uh, the McCarthy guy. <laughs> right, and so, but, you know, what's the, what's the right value for him? Uh, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, somewhere in that day two range as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jaden Reed. I think Rasheed Rice from um, SMU, somewhere uh, day two. Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, another guy that could be considered that uh, you know one of the true X's that this class has to offer. So you know we'll see a run on these guys in the, on day two, and then with the corners, uh, you know Gonzalez go early, Devin Witherspoon will go early, Joey Porter somewhere in that mid to late first round. Um, I think Deontay Banks will be somewhere in that mid to late first round. And then in the second, that's where Emmanuel Forbes, all 166 pounds of him. Uh, Keely Ringo from Georgia. Uh, DJ Turner from Michigan, who ran the fastest 40 this year at, at the Combine. Uh, I, I really like his ability in the slot as, as a nickel player. Clark Phillips from Utah, another really uh, talented nickel player. Both the South Carolina corners, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami, Juju Brent from Kansas State. So, yeah, it's uh, wide receivers and corners. Every year we see more of those guys drafted um, at those two positions than any other position, and that will hold true this year, especially on day two. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, at DP Brugler, and you can uh, get his new draft guide just by going and uh, subscribing to The Athletic. In fact, I think there's some deal right now of like uh, $2 a month or something. You got any deals going on right now for subscriptions, Dane? That's it, $2 a month. And so, you know, if you just want to sign up for a month, that's fine. Check us out for a month. You get all our draft coverage that we've got going on here the next few weeks. And so 
I, I think for the draft guide itself, uh, two bucks for that, I, I don't know that you can find a better value. No, exactly. there's no question. No question about that. Hey, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate you. Happy drafting season to you. But I hope all your picks uh, work out for you there, man. <laughs> you too. I look forward to catching up with you guys later on. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Hour two. The final hour of the Love of the Star Live coming up next here on 105.3 The Fan.